I've been waiting 23 years to say that. You know, I may be being overconfident, but I didn't even bring a hat over here to the desk. I was about That's to ask, how... like, you have a hat with you? You got yep, yourself a no. hat? I didn't even bring the hat with me. I left it over on the other side of the room. I I, I will get up and do work if I have to, to, to go get it. So we're going to find out, though. This is the FBI's Most Unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And yeah, uh, we are talking about season two, episode two, The Host, which is 100% one of the best episodes of the entire series. In fact, I watched it twice to get ready for this episode, kind of like I did with Beyond the Sea, where the first time I just wanted to watch it. I didn't want to have to take notes. I just wanted to watch it. So I just watched it the first time. And then I promised that Justin would enjoy it or I would eat my hat. So we're going to find out what happens. Stay tuned. Stay tuned before the day is over. I may have to get up from this chair and go find a hat to eat. I've got plenty of hats, though. I'm a hack. Guy, I made so. a I made a Twitter post about it, and then I was gonna do. <laughs> I saw that. I was gonna make another <laughs> post to use the South Park free hat, but then I like like bit. But I was like, oh man, I wish free there was a way I could hat, edit it so it hat. says eat hat, eat hat. <laughs> Now, why do you want a free hat who is a known baby murderer? He was just defending himself. Those babies attacked him. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think on Two Broke Geeks, if quarantine goes on long enough, one thing we're going to have to do is not devote entire episodes to South Park, but we may, since we talk about South Park. Like revisit, like, favorites. Yeah, just revisit favorites. Uh, now and again, just because there isn't always going to be enough news at this point. So, oh God, now I've got that on my brain. Free hat, free hat, free hat. Okay. So like I said, this episode is titled the host. It was written by Chris Carter. It was directed by Daniel Sackheim. (laughs) (laughs) And it originally aired September 23rd, 1994, Bruce Springsteen's birthday. Not, um, how old would he have been in 19? Not important. Not important. That was Bruce Springsteen's birthday in 1994. Anyway. So, uh, The cold open takes place on a ship in the Atlantic Ocean just off the coast of New Jersey. And inside the ship, it's a bunch of Russian dudes. And one of the toilets is backed up and is running out. Like a typical day at my place. Yep, pretty much. Uh, A lot of poop in this episode. I was going to say, like, uh, there's a (laughs) lot of, like, they make a lot of, they may not say it, but they say duty a lot. Yeah. Like, like it's our civic duty. You're like, oh, it's the duty of these. Play-. And I'm just like, yeah, they're saying duty a we'll, way we'll too much. We'll get to, we'll get to some of the poop in this episode. Um, we'll get there. I'll talk about it. 
And, uh, of course, the toilet's backing up, so one of the older crew guys goes up to one of the younger guys, and he's like, come on, you gotta go unplug the, you gotta go open the storage tank, because it's a boat, they keep all their stuff in a storage tank. Uh, he's like, and you gotta, you gotta get the blockage out. And he's like, why do I have to do it? He's like, because you're young and because it's a smelly job. And so he goes off to unplug the storage tank and he, you know, opens the door and he goes to kind of like look in to see if he can figure out what's blocking the pipe. And some hands come out of the water and grab him and pull him in. Ugh. And, uh, his, you know, his fellow crew come and try to save him, but he's dragged into the tank and he's gone. And one of them's like, flush it out, flush the whole tank out into the ocean. And then the opening credits. And then we, uh, find poor agent Mulder still on wiretap duty. For the still- same freaking like lap dance shit. Yeah. And the, in this one, what does the guy say? He's like, oh, you know, you want to like, uh. You want to test out the water yeah. before you dive into the pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Mulder is so fucking bored. He's surrounded by a ridiculous mountain of sunflower seed shells. And he's like playing finger soccer, like flipping them into a goal he made out of old coffee cups. And finally, a pair of agents open the door and they're like, all right, come on. Skinner called you off this job. You're being reassigned to a different job. It's a murder case in Newark, New Jersey. So Mulder goes to Newark and he meets up with Ralph Macchio, who actually isn't Ralph Macchio, but that's all I could think of him. I was about to say, I'm like, that was not, was that really Ralph Macchio? No, no but it looks a lot. No, it looks a little bit like him, but it's not him. Uh. It's this guy, Detective Norman, who's like, oh, God, I'm glad I'm giving this one to the FBI. And a police officer plunks a pair of rubber boots in front of Mulder because they're going down into the sewer. (laughs) So they go down there and, uh, you know, Mulder sees the victim's body and it's got no ID and there's really nothing really to go on. And Mulder's like, oh, great. And so he turns around to leave and Norman's like, "Uh, what do you want to do with this body? And Mulder's like, send it to the FBI, care of assistant director Skinner. And uh, so he goes back to FBI headquarters and he's in Skinner's like waiting room and the secretary's like, no, no, you can't see him right now. He's really busy. Mulder's like, no, let me see him. And so she opens the door and she's like, he's not going away. And so Skinner's like, is there a problem? And Mulder's like, yeah, there's a problem. And Skinner's like, make an appointment then. And Mulder's like, "Uh, no, it's hard to make an appointment when you're up to ass in raw sewage. And what's my next punishment? Scrubbing the bathroom floor with a toothbrush or being jerked from another, you know, giving, uh, being given another meaningless case. And Skinner's like, all right, fine, come on in. And Mulder walks in and turns out Skinner's having a meeting. The room is full of people. And Skinner's just like, okay, Agent Mulder, do you care to tell everybody why you think your homicide case is meaningless? And Mulder's like, uh, uh, um, well, it, uh, it seemed like a simple drug gang body dump. And that seems like something that the Bureau shouldn't be wasting its time or manpower on. And Skinner's like, you know, given your history, you probably shouldn't judge what is and isn't a waste of time and money and manpower. And 
Mulder's like, well, you know, given my work with the X-Files, and Skinner's like, the X-Files are closed. You're going to do your new assignments. Is that clear to you? And Mulder's like, yeah, fine. And Skinner just says, then I'll be waiting for your report. Leave. And so Mulder goes away, and he's sitting by the river, and Scully comes up, and she's like, hey, is this seat taken? And we actually get to see... The start of what I call Scully's trench coat and sitting down. Oh my phase. god! I was gonna uh, like I didn't think of it uh, at this point, but later on, like I was like I was like, oh, mm-hmm. now I'm starting to see what's ha- like how this is going. Yep, uh, because this was uh, long enough along in their production schedule that it was uh, becoming obvious that Jillian Anderson was pregnant, so they had to do some of the things to hide that and so they did a lot of trench coats a lot of sitting down a lot of standing behind stuff and a lot of shooting her from about mid rib cage up (laughs) a lot of close-ups of her face um so in actually you know not to shame her or anything because obviously she's a pregnant woman she can't but you actually can even notice her face is a little bit rounder she's getting a little bit of the the pregnancy face going it's not super it's a noticeable, nice glow but, though like oh yeah she does i mean she does but i mean she does you can notice it like they they did their best to obviously hide her belly but they couldn't quite hide her pregnancy face um which, of course, is part of the reason she's not in part of this season, because she got pregnant. So, But we'll get to that eventually. So anyway, uh, Mulder's like, nah, seat's not taken, but I should warn you, I'm having violent impulses. And Scully's like, nah, I have a gun, I'll take my chances. And she sits down, and she's like, you know, I heard uh, you had kind of a row in Skinner's office, and Mulder... <laughs> Oh, Mulder says one of my favorite lines ever. Sometimes it just gets hard to smile through it when they ask you to bend down and grab your ankles. <laughs> oh, God. In my office, we call that Bohica. Bend over, here it comes again. <laughs> uh, and Scully's like, well, you know, you never bothered to try to fit in in the first place and Mulder's like yeah you know about that Uh, I've kind of been thinking about it and I think I'm gonna leave the leave the FBI and Scully's like what what would you do if you weren't in the FBI and Mulder's like I don't know probably something to do with the paranormal and Scully's like well you could come over to Quantico where I am you you could work in the behavioral science division again and Mulder's like oh come on they don't want us working together and right now working with you is the only reason I would even want to stay and cue the romantic music no wait yeah were you about to do the Jurassic Park theme I was about to do Jurassic Park. I don't know why. I <laughs> the the I mean in a way uh, the uh, whatever it was. I, for some reason, my mind went to the Jurassic Park theme song. I don't know why. It's a kind of romantic sounding piece. I a guess. little teeny bit. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if like if you're sca- doing a, a, if you're a scaly if in the uh, furry community, I guess. <laughs> Because reptiles are considered scalies, not furries. Don't ask me oh, how okay. I know this. <laughs> uh, I have an idea, but... Um, yeah. 
I imagine Pornhub is involved somehow. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't tell me what I can't look at, Morty. I've seen your Pornhub account. <laughs> <laughs> so Scully's like, well, you know, what about the case you're working on? And Mulder's like, ugh, it's nothing. It's a zero. And she's like, well, you know, you could, maybe I could do the autopsy. And Mulder's like, oh, come on. It's, it's, it's a nothing case. There's just nothing here. And Scully's like, there is a dead body, right? <laughs> so we cut to Scully doing the autopsy. And I wrote it down right here. Uh, this is easily the most graphic autopsy to date on the show. Yeah, and, it was probably um, like, I was like, wow, they really let this go on TV. It's a fairly because they do autopsies like this now like if you watch uh you know one of those shows like csi yeah. or ncis or something it's fairly mo and it's really good effects works and i even made a note of it here the dude even has pubes and a happy trail <laughs> i'm like whoa wait a minute is that was that really on tv in 1994 <laughs> Um, but it was. And also in this scene, you can again see a lot of the Hyde Gillian Anderson pregnancies. She, you know, standing behind the body. Uh, they shoot her from a bunch of different angles. And if you didn't know she was pregnant, it would look really good and actually is not that obvious unless you are looking for it. So props to them. Um, and she's doing this and she notices he's got uh, some Cyrillic writing tattooed on his body and everything and uh while she's checking out the liver a worm looking thing pops out from behind the liver and she kind of goes whoa and you know it is kind of a good gross little jump scare right there that this just gross slimy worm thing it's comes a really out good from practical effect too yeah, yeah like if i didn't know better i'd be like they put a real that's a real thing it did look a lot like a real worm in there um so back in newark in new jersey some public works guys they go down into the sewer because they got to go down there's a blockage down there and one guy hops into the water to remove a, a big old tree branch and he's like well we got this big hole in the grate uh, go on up and get me some supplies. And so the other guy goes up. And uh, once the other guy is up top, however, the guy in the water gets pulled under. And I said we'd come back to the poop a little bit because I'm thinking to myself, and I made note, in my head, I know that this is a set and that it is clean water with some coloring put in and some creative lighting to make it look like dirty, nasty sewer water. But man, they did a good job of that. It's just... But emotionally, I'm like, ew, gross. Who wants to be fully submerged in sewer water? <laughs> it was so i'm seriously so grossed out every time somebody goes into that sewer water it's so gross to me. even though like i said intellectually i know it's a set with clean water and some coloring added but it's gross yeah they do they did some really good stuff with oh excuse me but like that water that made it like look just like later on oh. in some of the scenes where they have like dude a flush you can see like the particles and shit and i'm like uh, yeah. uh. it's gross <laughs> and so obviously this guy's like help you know he's being attacked by something something's pulling him under the shit water 
And um, the other guy hauls him out, and he's got this big old weird wound on his back. And so then we go to the hospital, and this worker who was attacked, he's been checked out, and apparently he's fine except for the wound on his back. And the nurse is like, I'm going to give you a shot just in case. And he's like, I'd be happy if you could just get this taste out of my mouth, which... I'm like, okay, he had sewer water in his mouth. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so the nurse gives him some gum and Mulder comes in and uh, she's like, oh, hey. And she goes to talk to him and she's like, you know, he says he was attacked by something, but we can't figure out what. So Mulder's like, you know, what do you think attacked you? And the guy's like, I don't know, like a, a python or a boa constrictor or something. And the nurse pulls the bandage off the guy's back, and she's like, maybe this could be a bite, except it's like a big X with a hole in the middle like a predator bit him. Um, so then Mulder's phone rings, and it's Scully, and she's like, ah, I found this parasite. You know, uh, I'll know more by the time you get here. He's like, great, I'm in New Jersey. I'll be back later, and he hangs up. And, like, as soon as he hangs up, his phone rings again, He's like, Scully, this is not actually a good time for me to be talking, but we cut to a shot of an office and like the back of a chair, like Dr. Claw and a voice is like Mr. Mulder and Mulder's like, yeah. And the voice is like, I think you should know you have a friend in the FBI and Mulder's like, okay, who's this? And the guy hangs up. I gotta say, cause of the, and it's just me. I don't really think it was him, obviously. But at first, when the when the voice started, I totally thought it was Vincent Price. I was like, "They got Vincent Price to do the voices." <laughs> ah, I was like, wait a minute. Nope, definitely, yep, definitely not him. But pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, so back at Quantico, uh, Mulder meets up with Scully. She shows him the worm and she's like, it's, it, I found this in the body. It's a fluke worm. And he was feeding off the guy's liver and about 40 million people worldwide are infected with one of these. And Mulder's like, oh, great. Is this the part where you tell me that uh, some horrible story about sushi? And Scully's like, mm, maybe you'd rather hear about what kind of things you can catch from a rare steak. And Mulder's like, so what? The murder weapon was a top sirloin? And Scully's like, no. Which, by the way, I would watch an episode if that was the case. Like, like a weird, like, sirloin steak just going off the rails and killing people. I'd watch that. (laughs) There's not an episode with steak, but stay tuned. There is an episode later on down the line that has to do with chicken. Yes. Uh... Mulder's, or, and Scully's like, no, no, um, you know, these worms, they, they live in really unsanitary conditions, so it probably went into the body while it was in the sewer. But, you know, I, I don't know if it went there before he died, after he died, and, it, you know, what else is weird is, like, he was, like, a apparently a young, healthy guy. One worm shouldn't have killed him, but I can't figure out any other cause of death. And so Mulder's like, well, how do they attach themselves inside the body? And she explains their little sucker-like mouth that has four hooks. And Mulder pulls a Polaroid picture out of his pocket. And he's like, like this thing? And it's a picture of the wound on the guy's back. And Scully's like, 
Mulder, they're they're tiny. This is a huge bite mark. And Mulder's like, well, then how big can a worm? How can, how big can one of these worms get? And Scully laughs, and she starts to say something, and then stops and says, "Oh, I'm sorry. It just felt like old times there for a second. And uh, she goes on. She's like, you know, basically fluke worms. They they get into a body if somebody eats them they don't go around attacking people and Mulder's like well that's good I didn't want to have to tell Skinner his suspect was a giant blood-sucking worm and so then there's like kind of this awkward pause and Mulder's like look um I don't know who you talked to about our conversation we had by the river but like don't launch a campaign for me and she's like what and he's like whoever you talk to and she's like I didn't talk to anybody and he says somebody called me and told me i have a friend in the fbi and she's like Mulder, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about but like i wouldn't betray your confidence like i wouldn't tell anybody about what we talk about and so then we go to the sanitation worker who got attacked and he's in his bathroom and he's getting ready to take a shower and he's standing in front of his mirror and boy, does this dude sell this. He's getting ready to brush his teeth and he puts his toothpaste on the brush and he starts brushing and he gets like a disgusted look on his face, puts more toothpaste on his brush and starts brushing even harder and still looks disgusted, opens his mouth and squeezes the entire tube of toothpaste into his mouth and just swishes it around. Question for you, completely mm-hmm. off topic. Um when you do your nightly routine or morning routine or whatever, do mm-hmm. you brush your teeth before you shower or do you shower and then brush your teeth? I typically shower after I brush. Uh, uh, t- no, excuse me. I typically shower before I brush my teeth. See, I, my that, teeth see, I was like very weak. I, for some reason, I was very off put. I was like, why is he brushing his teeth and then getting in the shower? <laughs> I know, like, what if you get out of the shower and you feel like a bedtime snack? (laughs) Yeah, would they get that late night pizza? Right, exactly. Ah. Um, See, these are the things I think about when I. Yeah, but remember, this this dude had sewer water in his mouth. Very true. Weird taste in his mouth that we're about to find out actually doesn't have anything to do with sewer water, but we're about to get there. So he he spits out this whole mouthload of toothpaste, and it's all pink and he's bleeding out of his mouth and he gets into the shower and he begins to just basically hack like a cat trying to get a hairball up he's like and he clutches his throat and blood starts running out of his mouth and again i get grossed out a lot during this episode one of those fluke worms just comes out of his, just slides out of his mouth and falls onto the shower floor and goes down the drain. And I'm like, God, that's gross. (laughs) It's another really good practical effect. This thing just out of his mouth like that. This episode has a lot of really good, like practical effects they use. Mm Mm-hmm. We're about to talk about one of them because, um, we're getting to, it's the Newark County sewage processing plant. It's uh, nighttime at the plant, but Mulder's there being shown around and having the sewer system explained to him. And he gets shown a map uh, of the part he was in that was like this old part that has big old catacomb sewers as opposed to, you know, modern little two foot sewer pipes. And Mulder, God, 
here's another poop joke. Mulder's like, and all the sewage comes through here, and the boss guy is like, 560,000 people a day call my office from the porcelain telephone. I'm like, oh, God. So Mulder whips out the fluke worm in a jar, and he's like, you ever seen one of these? It came from uh, inside the body of an attacked person, and yada, yada, yada. And meanwhile, outside by the treatment tanks there's a dude he's there he's having his smoke break and he notices something swimming in the tank so he freaks out and he calls up to the office and he's like you gotta get down here right away and so they run down and this is what you're talking about with the pipe with the stuff in it he's like i'm i'm flushing the tank through these pipes like they're big clear pipes and you can see the sewer water going through them he's like there it is there it is and he stops the flow and trapped inside the pipe, we see, now they don't name the creature, in, but in culture-wise, in the lingo of the show, he is called the Fluke Man. Although it's not a he, it's an it. But Fluke Man! <laughs> yeah, and like, like I said, is... like the whole, the whole water around him is very brown. I think there was even, they mm-hmm. even put some corn or something in it. Because I'm just like, ugh, yeah. ugh. Who would who would want to do that? Yep. Um, and actually, the flute man is played by the brother of show writer and executive producer Glenn Morgan. The guy in the flute man suit is Darren Morgan. Um, and just some interesting kind of behind the scenes facts, real quick about Darren Morgan and the makeup. Uh, <laughs> The makeup artist had to redesign that suit every day because it broke down in the water. So he basically had to construct it onto Darren Morgan's body every day. It took about six hours and uh, Darren Morgan had to spend up to 20 hours in it because he couldn't get out of it to go to the bathroom. And he couldn't eat in it because he couldn't breathe through his nose and uh later darren morgan became a writer for the show and when he met david duchovny david duchovny didn't know who he was because he never actually got out of the fluke man suit he Uh. had to go david it's it's me it's it's darren (laughs) shit (laughs) and i guess they got along really well but david duchovny only ever talked to him in the fluke man costume on the set like they would hang out and they got along and everything but he didn't know what he looked like outside of it so damn yeah um so uh now we see scully she's looking at research about fluke worms and she's doing her little voiceover thing as she writes her notes and Suddenly, a tabloid paper is slid under her door. And I'm talking an old-school weekly world news tabloid paper. Bad boy escapes custody. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, this is where I noticed the finally the whole trench coat thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she gets up from her desk, and she goes over, and she opens her door. And she's wearing, like, an unusually big vest. Yeah. I was like, why is she wearing that? It's a weird, sleeveless, humongous vest, but it's it's there to, you know, hide her pregnancy. 
Um, but I don't think anybody ever wore anything like that. <laughs> I mean, and that's this is like a weird fashion choice. Maybe. So no one is there, obviously, even though she looks for somebody to be there. And she goes through the tabloid and she finds an article about the attack on the Russian cargo ship from the cold open. And she all of a sudden is like, Russian, Russian monster. And she realizes, oh, yeah, that dead body had Russian writing on its arm. And so her phone rings and it's Mulder and he's like, you remember that worm you caught? Must have been the runt. So then we go to the Middlesex County Psychiatric Hospital and I'm like, what? Wait, what? Why? Why a psychiatric hospital to hold a monster? That's one, Well, that, that comes up later, sort of. Uh, like at least a little bit, but it makes no sense that from the get-go, you're just like, you found a weird monster thing. You put it in a psych ward? <laughs> All I could think of was, like, maybe this was the closest place that had, like, a secure enough facility to hide this, th- or to hide it, to uh, uh, keep this thing. Because, you know, it has the big door that they can shut, and it only locks from the outside. You know, it only opens and shuts from the outside. Yeah. That's all I could think of, is maybe it is the only, p- but otherwise it doesn't make sense. Like, why'd you put this thing in a psych hospital? <laughs> So, they're, you know, Mulder and Scully are there. They're looking at it through the window. And Scully's like, holy shit. Like, where did you find this thing? And Mulder's like, I don't know if you can tell from here, but it's genderless. Um, and Scully's like, well, fluke worms do produce, uh, reproduce asexually. And she's like, this thing's weird. Like, it, it looks like a parasite worm, but also has primate physiology and where where did where did it come from and Mueller's like i don't know but i guess i have to tell skinner that his suspect is a giant blood-sucking worm after all and uh, then scully's like you know oh by the way i i found the identity of the suspect he you know was this guy that worked on this russian freighter and Mulder's like, how'd you figure that out? And she shows him the tabloid and she's like, you know, somebody put this under my door. I guess you really do have a friend in the FBI. And then she says to him, oh, and Mulder, when you go to Skinner to hand in your report, like, I know this is your choice, but I really hope you know that, like, to me, it would be more than a professional loss if you left the FBI. So Mulder goes to Skinner's office and Skinner's looking at Mulder's report. And he's like, all right, everything seems to be in order. And Mulder's like, (laughs) you know, he kind of laughs and Skinner's like, is there a problem? And Mulder's like, well, I just, that's an unexpected response considering the bizarre nature of this case. And Skinner's like, you know, the, the strangeness didn't escape me. I reacted to it this morning when I had my conversation with the prosecutor about how to process the suspect this meeting is just to evaluate your work. And Mulder's like, you're not going to prosecute this case. <laughs> and uh, Skinner's like, uh, yeah, well, the Justice Department is having the suspect transferred to an institution for a full psychiatric evaluation. And again, I'm like, wait, what? It's already in a psychiatric <laughs> hospital. Like, what do you mean you're taking it to a psychiatric hospital to be evaluated? It's already in a psychiatric hospital. <laughs> but 
whatever. Mulder gets mad. He's like, you know, it's not a man. It's a monster. You can't put it in a hospital. And Skinner's like, then what do you want to put it in? A zoo? It killed two people. And Mulder's like, two? And Skinner's like, yeah, the sanitation worker that it attacked was found dead in his home. And Mulder stands up to leave. But before he leaves, he turns around. He's like, you know, you did have people who could have handled this case. Agent Scully and I, we could have saved that man's life, but you shut us down. And Skinner's like, yeah, I know. This should have been an X-File, but we all have to take our orders from someone, Agent Mulder. That'll be all. And, you know, he just dismisses Mulder. Um, so maybe Skinner isn't, you know, I mean, Skinner is just a poor middle manager. He has to do his job, whether he yeah. likes it or not, is basically what he says right there. He's basically like, you know, I, we'll learn more he's about more, Skinner, it, it, but he's this actually is basically the first. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, yeah, he's, this is basically the first hint of like, look, uh, I, just am a guy here trying desperately to do my job the right way, even if I don't think this is how it should be done. <laughs> so, um, we go back to the institution. The fluke man's, you know, being rolled out on a gurney, gets put on a U.S. Marshal ambulance. Um, with just the driver, like, I don't know why those three other guys just put him in the just back. Done. And He's just like, I'm out of here. All alone, even though he was, even though he's strapped to it. Right, you know, it's, whatever. So, the, you know, obviously the ambulance is rolling down the road and the marshal driving the ambulance looks in the rearview mirror and notices the fluke man is out of its restraint. And he's like, oh God, I need backup. And he pulls over to a campground, grabs a shotgun, goes into the back to try to get the fluke man back in its restraints, but it attacks him. We just get a shot of the outside of the ambulance and screaming and shotgun noises. And then the fluke man crawls out of the back of the ambulance to a porta potty. And again, I'm so oh, man, the, the whole it, scene of him going it's... in the porta potty is gross. And again, even though I know like it's a prop porta potty, they probably got it direct from the manufacturer, never ever been shit in before. And just the idea that this actor had to crawl so into gross. the porta potty, I was like, that's dis <laughs> so disgusting. <laughs> Uh, but a pretty good shot, you know, shooting down the shithole as the fluke man kind of looks up and. <sighs> Now I'm going to think of that the next time the I got a crap in one of those there things. For you, waiting for you. Uh, so the next morning, you know, a tanker truck comes up to the porta potty. The driver gets out to suck it clean, but it gets plugged and he's, you know, got to wriggle it back and forth. And uh, I kind of liked the shot all along the hose that kind of, you know, it's like a tracking shot of the fluke man, although you never actually see the fluke man. Yeah. You just see the outside of the hose. I thought it was kind of neat. And then an hour later, Mulder pulls up to the crime scene and he, he happens to notice the same tanker truck go by him because it's one of those things where like he's right next to the road and gets out of the car and it drives by him just as he gets out of his car. 
And so Detective Norman is there, you know, Ralph Macchio guy. And he's like, yo, we're, we're trying to find it. Like, we've got all these roadblocks going up. And Mulder's like, it's going to try to get back in the sewer. But then his phone rings again, and he answers it. And the same voice is from earlier is like, Mr. Mulder, I'm going to make this brief. Success in your current assignment is imperative. And Mulder's like, okay, who's this? who is this? And the voice is like, are you hearing me? And he's like, yeah, but why is it imperative? And the voice just says, reinstatement of the X-Files must be undeniable. Still think it's Vincent Price. Up. Like, I'm committed to be like, no, it's Vincent Price. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> At this point, I wish it was. It'd be almost, well, I don't know. The guy turns, well, we'll get there eventually. Uh, and when he, you know, when the guy hangs up the phone, Mulder overhears Detective Norman get a call uh, on the radio about how the dogs traced the scent to the porta potty, and they thought that you know maybe it was hiding inside, but it's empty. And when Mulder hears it's empty, he goes, "Oh God, the tanker! What if it's on the tanker truck?" And he goes back to the sewage treatment plant, and there's some yada yada about you know tankers drop off here and not a blah 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 basically um there are filter screens in all the pipes that are too small to that the fluke man could escape it's trapped there if it's already there so there's like this weird filler scene that could have been cut out of the episode probably of them all just kind of walking around looking in the tanks to see if they can see it until Mulder's phone rings and Scully's like, ah, you're not going to like this, but, um, I think the thing is transmitting its eggs or larva through biting people as a way to reproduce. It it needs host. Yeah. (laughs) It needs host bodies to provide nourishment. And if it finds a host, that is a good host, it's going to start to multiply. And at that moment, you know, the, the boss guy with the glasses from earlier is like, Mulder, they, they saw it in a section of sewer pipe just down the road. And so they go down the road. Um, and it turns out that this is the way this thing is trying to escape. This part of the sewer has a pipe that goes out to the harbor Uh, It basically just kind of washes away in case there's too much rain. Um, So they go down into the sewer again. And the dude that is the boss guy is going to shut the overflow pipe. But it's rusted, the lever he's got to pull. And when he tries to pull it hard enough to get the gate to shut, he falls into the water. And again, I'm grossed out. That water is disgusting look <laughs> so i'm just again i'm like oh that's like piss and shit and things that got washed down there out of the street and ugh. um and Mulder's like oh god are you okay and he's like yeah i'm okay but then gets dragged down and so Mulder jumps in to save him and while he's saving him the fluke man starts to crawl into the pipe that goes out to the ocean and Mulder gets a hold of the handle and he gives it a big yank and the gate drops down and it slices the fluke man in half and the fluke man like kind of screams and then there's a shot of the bottom half 
of the flute man sinking into the water. And so that is maybe the end of the fluke man, we think. And so we get another, we get a repeat kind of of the scene from earlier. It's back at the river again and Mulder is on the bench again. And Scully comes up again and says, you know, is this seat taken? And this time Mulder says, no, but I should warn you. I may reek a bit of sewer. And Scully says, nah, I'll take my chances. And she sits down. And she says, so did you talk to Skinner? And she means, did you tell him you're leaving? But he says, success in our work is imperative, Scully. Reinstatement of the X-Files must be undeniable. And she's like, Skinner said that? And he's like, no, I've got a phone call. We have a friend in the FBI. And then Scully's like, well, I think you'd be interested in this. And she pulls out a, a, a file and says a lot of science stuff that breaks down to basically the fluke man is some sort of fluke worm humid hybrid came from Chernobyl mutant because the boat was hauling radioactive waste away from Chernobyl fluke man and she actually says the fluke man was yeah. born in a soup of radioactive this is, a, this is some weird new di- uh, animal we made this right yeah nature didn't make this we did and Mueller's like you know they say three species disappear off the planet every day but now you gotta wonder how many more are being creative and Then we go back to Newark, New Jersey. We go back down through the sewer, back into, you know, through the pipes and everything. The fluke man floats face first up out of the water. And at first you think, oh, it's just the top half of the dead body. But then it opens its eyes and looks around and blinks. And that's the end of the episode. That is the host. Very different from the Bonjuo movie. It's a good one. It's a I've good movie. I've never seen that. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, and just real quickly before I ask you for final thoughts in a letter grade, this episode actually got kind of a sequel slash prequel, if anyone is interested. Uh, in 2013, before there was an actual 10th um, season of the X-Files for television, there was an X-Files comic run called x-files season 10 and contained in that run there are two short stories uh hosts part one and two uh and it tells the story of uh 20 years after the first episode took place or uh 20 years after this episode took place and also gives a little backstory on uh how the fluke man was a human person working to clean up the radioactive waste of Chernobyl. Pretty decent story. I've right. I've read it. It's not bad if anyone's interested. Yeah. So, okay, now here comes the part. Well, final thoughts so, and letter grades. Um my one little complaint but then watching it more so makes sense was like the design around mm-hmm. the mouth of the fluke worm was a little weird cuz it had like the tube of the teeth and then you had the actual mouth of like buck teeth kind mm-hmm. of sticking her out. But that's just such a minor thing. But overall, yeah. yeah. 
I think though, I, well, I was going to say, I think just real quick to maybe explain what you're talking about. I think the mouth, like the mouth part on the inside, I think the outer mouth is the part the it latch, uses to latch. And then the inner I think ones those to are use. Yeah. The latch. Makes sense. But yeah. I, I, overall, I was like, yeah. oh, that's a weird kind of choice, but I guess it makes sense. Overall, I really like this. Mm-hmm. It was a really strong episode. Uh, I've, yeah. I I love all the poop humor because uh, uh, I'm immature <laughs> like that. Yep. Uh, I thought it was really well done. Uh, I give this an A+. Yep, same. Uh, in terms of like a good old kind of almost like an old-fashioned creature feature um the fluke man is uh on a lot of x-files fan art it is one of the most notable uh creatures that they kind of created for monster of the week episodes uh a pretty significant character did get introduced in this sort episode of. even well so, semi got in Sort of. We'll learn more about him as time goes on. Until further notice. Yep. Another solid A plus from me in terms of the host. Now, next week's episode. I'm trying to. Well, next week's episode is called Blood. And I'm trying to remember this episode I think it's kind of I mean based on the um, title you may be able to figure out it's about vampires oh this episode if it's the one I'm thinking of is weird Uh, I'm not going to sit here and read this whole We'll figure it out together, I guess. If this is the one I'm thinking of, this next one is a little bit weird, but it's also another one where they, of course, they're they're working up to the part where they have to include Scully less, which is, um, yeah. Anyway, any season two, episode three, Blood, um, is everybody's homework yeah. for next time. So go ahead and check that one out. And so that's it for this week. Goodbye, everyone. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.